Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today, we're going to talk about how the future pulls more strongly than the past pushes. But to get there, we're first going to have to take a look at interspecies communication and uh, the uh, concepts of evolution versus parallel developments. The entity, Seth, uh, discussed these subjects and others quite succinctly, and now we'll take a look at what he had to say. He starts out with the special challenge that consciousness faces when it is manifested in our reality. To be effective, he said, within your system of reality, consciousness must, of course, deal with specializations, because that's what we're all about. That's us, with our up-close, very tight focus on just one reality, ignoring all the others. Specialization. He goes on, Beneath these specializations, so to speak, the consciousness units are aware of the different kinds of consciousness of which they are a part. By their nature, certain kinds of organization, behavior, and experimentation exclude other quite as valid but different approaches. The CUs and their freewheeling nature beneath all matter are acquainted with all such organizations so that some of the lessons learned by one species are indeed transferred to another. Now that's, that's a concept we seldom think about, which would be interspecies communication, whether it's on a conscious or unconscious level. He goes on, One particular experiment in consciousness may be pursued by one species, for example, and that knowledge can be given to another or transferred to another, where it appears as instinct. When that happens, he said, it will be used as a basis for a different kind of behavior, a different kind of exploration or experiment. I have said that evolution does not exist, as you think of it, in any kind of one-line, ape-to-man time sequence. No other species developed in that manner either. Instead, there are parallel developments. Your time perception shows you but one slice of the whole cake, for instance. So we've touched on that concept uh, in recent episodes and in a number of the earlier episodes where we talk about God being the simultaneous infinite explosion of all that is and how animal men and men animals existed at the same time as humans, our ancestors. Now here is where uh, he starts to get into into the concept of the future and the future and how it pulls the present. In thinking in terms of consecutive time, however, evolution does not march from the past into the future. Now, that's a surprise to a lot of us. Instead, the species is precognitively aware of those changes that it wants to make. And from the, quote, future, it alters the, quote, present state of the chromosomes and genes to bring about in the probable future the specific changes it desires. Both above and below your usual conscious focus, then, 
Time is experienced in an entirely different fashion and is constantly manipulated as physically you manipulate matter. So at the level of the consciousness units uh, that make up our awareness, we are at that level already aware of probable futures. And depending on which of those probable futures we wish, we wish to focus on with intensity, that's the one that will come about. That's the one that we will experience in physical, material reality. Seth goes on, The consciousness units forming the structure later in its entirety form all the atoms, molecules, cells, and organs that make up your world. Land changes and the alteration of species are conditions that are brought about in line with the overall patterns that involve all species or land and water masses at any given, quote, time. There's a great organization of consciousness involved on such occasions, sometimes creative catalysms, in which, again from his own precognitive information, nature brings about those situations that are best suited to its needs. Such biological precognition is firmly based in the chromosomes and the genes and reflected in the cells. As mentioned earlier, the present corporeal structure of any physical body of any kind is maintained only because of the cell's innate precognitive abilities. To the cell, the future, of course, is not experienced as future. It's simply one of the emerging conditions of an experienced now, with a capital N. Right? The cells practically felt now includes then what you would think of as past and future, as simple conditions of nowness. They maintain the body's structure in your poised time only by manipulating themselves in a rich medium of probabilities. There's a constant give and take of communication between the cell as you know it in present time and the cell as it, quote, was in the past or, quote, will be. So the cells have to manipulate themselves in order to form our reality for us. They have to kind of uh, ignore the future and past, although they have an effect, right? And they have to focus on whatever present reality we wish to bring about. Seth went on, he said, the cell's comprehension leaps its present form. The reality, the physical reality of any given cell is the focused result of its existence before and after itself in time. And from its knowledge of past and future, it receives its present structure. So as mentioned earlier, for the cells, the chromosomes, the genes, <clears throat> there's all, in all of them there's an awareness of future and past, an awareness of probabilities. And they have to kind of manipulate themselves into whatever reality we're focusing on that we want to bring into uh, physical matter. Now, in the uh, uh, next, well, the next paragraph, which is probably the last one I'll read, uh, Seth then <clears throat> goes on to talk about how we, with our thoughts and feelings, how we form organizations. So here he said, in a larger sense, the same applies to any given species. You are yourselves in time, then, because of the selves that exist before and after you in time, just like the selves, right? On a cellular basis, this is true. In psychic terms, it is also true. Important point coming up here. Your thoughts and feelings 
are quite as real as your cells. Your thoughts and feelings are quite as real as your cells. They also form organizations. Your desires go out from you in time, but in all directions. On the one hand, as a species, your present forms your future. But in even deeper terms, your precognitive awareness of your own possibilities from the future helps to form the present that will then make that probable future your reality. In physical terms, you may want a new city, so now you begin urban renewal. Architects draw plans that first were dreams, of course. Inside their minds, preparations are begun, buildings torn down. In very simple terms, the architect's dream can be called a precognitive event inserted from a probable future into the present. The physical planning carried out is in line with the envisioned future and brings it about. In greater terms, the race has plans for itself. Only these are based on a much vaster comprehension of the probable issues, abilities, and conditions involved. So there's a very important point here for us as individuals and as groups of nations and as a human race. Put simply, we are not bound by the past. So it does none of us any good to focus and concentrate upon anything in the past where we didn't do well, we didn't measure up, we failed in one way or another. Instead, the whole universe is geared to let us develop whatever future we wish. All the probable futures are out there, and at the cellular level, that is understood. And what we need to remember is that at any, quote, moment, we can choose to focus on the kind of future that we want to bring about. And the cells with their comprehension are already aware of that probability, and so they will manifest themselves according to whatever it is that we're focusing on. In a way, it's like magic or like what the um, belief system territories, which are generally considered to be the, the heaven of our earthly uh, reality here, the, in that, the belief system territories or the third stage after we, quote, die, whatever we focus and concentrate upon and wish to happen, boom, it happens immediately. Well, the same thing applies here, only it takes more, quote, time. It doesn't happen, quote, immediately. And that's on purpose because it's part of our training. But the point of all this is that as people, as nations, we don't need to focus on bad things we've done or uh, things where we didn't do well. We can instead choose to focus on the future, the future that we want, the future that the cells and genes and chromosomes are already aware of to an extent. And using intense focus and concentration, we bring about with our thoughts and our feelings, which are just as real as the cells, he said, right? With our thoughts and feelings that are just as real, we can bring about the physical material reality that we want. I know that sounds like magic, but it's really the way things work. And that concludes our discussion for today. And again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.